Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. There are a few things that I thought I would never see in my lifetime. I thought I would never see a worse president than Jimmy Carter. But that was before Joe Biden came along. (laughs) Another one of those things that I thought I would never see happen in my lifetime was the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade. I was something like five years old when the Supreme Court made that landmark decision. And honestly, I can't remember a time when abortion was anything but a mandatory thing. I can remember being in in drafting class in seventh grade, and we were really excited that day because we were going to get to watch a movie. (laughs) I, I can even remember what that movie was about. It was about abortion. I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. What does abortion have to do with drafting? (laughs) Well, at 11 years of age, we didn't really question such things. All we cared about was that we were going to get to do something like watch a movie in class that day and not have to actually do any work. (laughs) This, This particular movie was one of those documentary style types that was more like reading a nonfiction book than anything else. But one one of the things I distinctly remember about that particular movie was that they showed us what an aborted baby looked like after it was aborted. There there was a doctor in a, in a white lab coat in a, in a hospital or a lab room or something like that, and he was holding a stainless steel pan in his hand, and he was kind of swishing what looked like some sort of strawberry jello back and forth in the pan. The narrator, in his distinctive documentary narrator voice, <laughs> said that that this was what a fetus looked like. And he said that a fetus was just a bunch of cells. And, a, and an abortion was just removing these groups of cells from a mother's body. I can remember thinking, how could anyone think that that was a baby? It was a bloody mess. That's what that was. And in a way, I was right. I, it was no longer a baby and and it was now a bloody mess. It was such a mess because this baby had been aborted. It had been a baby, but now resembled what it looked like when you put a tri-tip steak through a blender. But as a middle school teenager, I didn't think about any of that. It was proof that this was not a baby at all. and, And an abortion was just a simple medical procedure. A few years later, I, I was contemplating the topic, and I and I and I found an argument that that it it should be a a choice of the mother, and and that argument was very compelling to me. Who can argue with choice, right? I mean, the problem that that I understood just a few years later with that was that this was not just a situation that is only concerning the mother. This was not just a, a mass of cells that needed to be removed. It was an actual living human being. This, quote, choice, unquote, involved two people, the mother and the baby. Once I, I grasped that truth, everything changed for me. If, if this was true, that it was a living baby 
How could anyone think that it was okay to kill it? Yes, of course, there was going to be, you know, the very rare instances where the life of the mother is, is very much at risk, of course. In, in this type of situation, a medical procedure to, to save the mother's life is definitely appropriate. But that was not what 99.9% of abortions were about. If, if this was really about the killing of innocent little babies, then I had to speak out against that. And it would be imperative that I do things that could, could help and put an end to this terrible situation. The more I studied about what abortion really was, the more disgusted I got with it. I learned that, that a baby's heartbeat can be detected by a transvaginal ultrasound as early as three to four weeks after conception. We know that, that by 45 days gen, gest, gestation, that the, the babies have brain waves. They can actually remember sounds and voices and they can experience pain and shy away from, from a light. So to know that they are essentially set on fire with a salt solution and chopped up to be removed from the mother's body was, was horrifying. Then I read and, and listened to countless accounts of mothers, mothers that had had abortions and what they had to go through mentally. One friend has suffered with a lifelong bout of depression that she has never been able to shake. That one decision has affected her every day of her life and, and really of her husband's life. I have heard all the excuses that those that want abortion use to make their case. They will say, what about the, the mother that is sexually abused or raped? Abortion should be available to them, right? To that, I ask a question. I ask, does that justify murder? They will say, what about the mother that works a lot and, and just, just trying to make ends meet? To that I say, does that justify murder? They will say, what about the mother that just is, is not ready to have a child? And to that I say, does that justify murder? They will say, what about the mother who is, is told that the baby has a chance of having Down syndrome when it's born? And to that I say, does that justify murder? You see, if you think about it as a baby, which is what it is, <laughs> then none of those excuses matter. Should a mother that regrets keeping her child after she was raped be allowed to drown it in a river? Should a mother who is poor and lives in a rundown trailer park be allowed to throw battery acid on her child and, and kill it because it's growing up in poverty? Should a mother who, who longs for the days when she could go out and party with her friends instead of changing dirty diapers be allowed to hack her small child to death and regain that kind of lifestyle that, that she, she longs for again? Should a mother that has a child that has a learning disability be allowed to do what, what Hitler did and just gas them to death? Of course not. All those things sound absurdly ridiculous and horrifying 
when you put it in the light of truth. And that is that it is a living human baby. This is why so many of us have been working so hard to fight against the decision that was made back then in 1973 with the Roe versus Wade case. What this case did was almost criminal. Now, let me explain. The job of the Supreme Court, it's pretty simple. It really is. It is to determine if a particular law is constitutional or not constitutional. That's it. That's all. That's their job. The job of the legislature is also pretty simple, really, to make laws that do not go against what is in the Constitution. When they do pass something that is unconstitutional, the check on that power is the Supreme Court. They can nullify a law that is out of bounds, so to speak. Now, what the the Supreme Court said in the Roe versus Wade decision was that abortion was a right given by God to all people, that each individual state could not outlaw abortion within their own states. Nowhere in the Constitution is abortion mentioned. So what the justices had to do was become legislators and and create law themselves. They took it upon themselves to say that because abortion is such a private issue for many, that the state legislators could not put restrictions on it because of a right to privacy. Not only is this doing something that they don't have the power to do, it is just wrong as well. There is nothing in the Constitution that gives us the right to privacy. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, the right to bear arms, yes. But privacy? No. We do have laws that give us privacy protections, but they are not a guaranteed right in the Constitution, even if it was. How does abortion fall into that framework? Just because something is a private matter for, for, for some people does not make it something that has to be totally legal. Now, most individuals understood Roe to be bad law, created by a body that had, had no power to do so. It didn't matter what side you supported in the abortion debate. It, the, the fact that it was just bad jurisprudence was understood. Even liberal hero justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg criticized the decision. The criticism of Roe is that it seemed to have stopped the momentum on the side of change. This is what Ginsburg said. She she would have preferred that abortion rights be secured more gradually in, in a process that included state legislators and the courts. Ginsburg also was troubled that the focus on Roe was on a right to privacy rather than a woman's rights. This is what she said, quote, Roe isn't really about the woman's choice, is it? It's about the doctor's freedom to practice. It wasn't woman-centered. It was physician-centered, unquote. So as you can see, this was a terrible law created by a governmental body that had no authority to create it. It should have stayed a decision for each individual state legislature to wrestle with. 
And in 1992, the Supreme Court heard the case of Planned Parenthood versus Casey. In this case, the court maintained that abortion was, in fact, a right guaranteed by the Constitution, but altered the standard of analyzing restrictions on that right and crafted the undue burden standard as a substitute. Now, in other words, what they did, they understood that Roe was bad law. And so they had to change why it was a right in order to keep abortion. What they did was said that if states put an, quote, undue burden, unquote, on the mother, then it was unconstitutional. What was an undue burden? That was not defined. And why that made it unconstitutional was not defined either. So again, they tried to replace bad law with another bad law in which they had no authority to make. The pro-life crowd did not give up, though. I, I can remember lining the side of the busiest street in the city that I lived in to demonstrate for the unborn, whether it was rain or shine. Uh, we voted for pro-life candidates, even if they did not have much power to change much of anything on the issue. Some of these candidates did what they promised, and some did not. But the abortion issue was a major consideration when it came time to vote. Then there was the presidential election of 2016. Many just took for granted that Hillary Clinton was going to win, and many did not give Donald Trump much of a chance. But one thing that Trump did during his campaign was, was that he came out with a list of who he would nominate to fill any Supreme Court vacancies during his term in office. This one thing may have been the tipping point of the election. Many that had concerns that he was maybe not conservative enough for them saw the list of candidates and decided to give him their vote. Even if he was not conservative on all issues, and even I said at the time that his legacy would be the Supreme Court justices that he would appoint. Now, we knew that we would have the opportunity to appoint maybe one, maybe two, but in the end, he appointed three. This, this created a major shift in how the Supreme Court did its job. And they had a majority of justices now that were considered constitutionalists. This means that they took their job seriously as justices. And instead of making law, they interpreted it to be constitutional or not constitutional. Obviously, at some point, because of this, Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey would be targeted because of how bad a law they were. The opportunity came in a case called Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, a case that we covered right here on this very podcast. The decision for, for this came down Friday, and it is sending shockwaves everywhere. In this decision, the Supreme Court basically said, that the, the other two decisions were incorrect and that the issue needed to be decided on a state-by-state -state basis, that there was no constitutional right to have an abortion, that 
if a state wanted to allow it, it could. But if it was not wanting to do that, it didn't have to. It was not mandated to do so. And this is a day that I thought I would never see. This is a decision that I thought would never be made. But in fact, it is here. In fact, it is what has actually happened. All of the the hard work and the time and the energy has paid off. And now Roe has been aborted. This is a monumental moment in time. And the reactions of the abortion supporters are a testament to just how big that it is. Promises of violence have come from pro-choice extreme group Jane's Revenge, for instance, to be delivered in a, quote, night of rage, as they put it on their website, because of the court overturning Roe versus Wade. The group, which previously called for an open season against pro-life centers, and has taken credit for dozens of attacks across the country, has threatened uh, this. They say, quote, to our oppressors, if abortions aren't safe, you're not either, unquote. Their threats come after an armed man was was uh, charged with a attempted murder of a Supreme Court Justice, Brent Kavanaugh. He had told detectives he was upset over the leaked draft opinion. Even President Biden said of the ruling, today, the Supreme Court of the United States expressly took away a constitutional right from the American people that it had already recognized. They didn't limit it. They simply took it away. That's never been done to a right so important to so many Americans. (laughs) That's the point, Joe. It was not a right to begin with. Prior courts pretended like there was one. This court simply pointed out that they were wrong and corrected the mistake. He also said, make no mistake, (laughs) this decision is the culmination of a deliberate effort over decades to upset the balance of our law. It's a realization of an extreme ideology and a tragic error by the Supreme Court, in my view. So let me get this straight. Anyone that tries to defend against the murder of defenseless, innocent life is subscribing to an extreme ideology. Hmm. He continues, so extreme that women could be punished for protecting their health. Um, there are no laws, Joe, that don't allow for an extreme situation of threat to the mother's life. Imagine having a young woman having to ch- carry the child of incest as a consequence of incest. So now we have the President of the United States again admitting, did you hear this? Again admitting that this is a child and yet calling for it to be killed. Let's not overlook the significance of the overturning of Roe. 
In an article by Michael Brown for the Daily Wire, he says, Remember where you were on the morning of Friday, June 24th, 2022. A few minutes past 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, history was made this morning. This simply impossible happened. At last, the Supreme Court of the United States overturned Roe v. Wade. To be sure, this is just the beginning of a new battle to be fought for the unborn, state by state, life by life, heart by heart. But this is also massive, unprecedented victory, one that for many years seemed completely out of reach. After all, Roe became law in 1973, almost 50 years ago. In many ways, American values have become much less conservative since then. The battle for uh, abortion in America has, has been lost forever. At least that's how it seemed. Whole generations of women have been born to pro-abortion cultures to, to, to the point that it is not just an accepted moral right. It has also become a sacred right. But pro-lifers, both Catholic and Protestant, never gave up the battle. And for a number of different reasons, the number of abortions have been steadily declining, almost without exception, from the late 1990s until today. And now, at last, Roe has been overturned. The court could easily have upheld the Mississippi law without overturning Roe, uh, an, an approach which would have still had the effect of chipping away at the 1973 decision. It also would have been more likely to entice Chief Justice Roberts into joining a clean 6-3 majority decision. Instead, Roberts wrote an opinion concurring with the Dobbs decision, but dissented on overturning Roe. Instead, it, won, it went one step further, exposing Roe for the travesty it is. And to think, just a few years ago, this decision still seemed impossible. Now states can pass their pro-life laws without, without restriction. Now the, the, the murderous, angry spirit of abortion will be further exposed as violent mobs will attack pro-life centers and, and pro-life people. And as other states will pass more extreme pro-abortion laws, this, this has already actually happened in New York and Maryland and California and others, may the light shine all the more clearly in the midst of darkness. May love overcome hatred. May the Lord make a separation between those who choose life and those who choose death. And may the church rise up and make an even more compelling case for the humanity of the baby in the womb, also offering even more compassionate care and, and hope to expectant moms and dads who are contemplating abortion. May life prevail. It is true that the overturning of Roe is decades late, which means tens of millions of slaughter babies were allowed to perish. It is true that there is much blood guilt on our hands. But it is also true that only in America has a pro-life movement pushed back with such tenacity for so many years. What, is, what has happened here is, is, is truly unique. That's why the victory is all the more significant. A uh, de destructive tide 
has been turned. And in the end, this will benefit all Americans. May the Lord see this landmark ruling as an act of repentance from the nation. May he show mercy and restore us. May a culture of life sweep our land. This is not the end of the road, my friends. Not by a long shot. This is only the beginning. I, I, I watched the NBA draft the other night on TV. Uh, I wanted to see my, my team, the Portland Trailblazers, <laughs> draft, see who they wanted to draft. And I heard one announcer say that this draft is an accumulation of so much time and work that these athletes have put, have put in. But being drafted by their teams is not the end, no matter how emotional it is. No, it is just the beginning. Now it is the time to put in even more time and energy to work toward their dream of being an NBA player. If they let up now, they would be relegated to the trash heap of so many that gave up just as the opportunity presented itself. You know, these words really, really hit home for me and, and, and really hit home Friday morning because this is not the end of all the hard work for us. This is not the end of all this hard work and, and of, of trying to stop the slaughter of innocent babies. It is only the beginning. Now is the time to work hard at the the state level, let's say, getting getting leaders with with morals in place. Now is the time to fight for those little ones that can't fight for themselves. Now is the time to fight against an abortion practice that is not equitable to those non-whites and and groups like Planned Parenthood that were started and and targeted BIPOC people in racist ways. Now is the time to see all of our effort, both in the past and now in the the present and, and in the future, reap the rewards of life. How can you not want to be on the side of life? As I said before, if Roe v. Wade was overturned, I would throw a party. And it looks like I have plans to prepare. (laughs) And how wonderful is that? How wonderful is that? Democracy is alive and Roe is aborted. I, I don't know where you stand on the issue. You, you may be one of those that has, has put in as much time and effort and blood and sweat and tears as, as I have. Maybe you are on the other side. Maybe you are completely upset at what has happened here. It, maybe this, this caught your broadside. Maybe you didn't even see it coming. But whether or not this was something that you saw as a, as, as good or saw something as bad. I, this is a monumental moment. This is a moment in time that will 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 go down in history. And right now, the pro-life side of things has an opportunity that they have not had in almost 50 years. 
Now is the time that if we work very diligently and we work very hard at trying to 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 get people installed into positions, particularly at the state level, that can do something now. I mean, so many years we voted for people that said, you know what, I'm pro-life. I have this pro-life, um, you know, scorecard or whatever, all this, all these different things. And yet the positions that we were voting for them to be in, they didn't really have a lot of power to do anything about abortion. It was a federal issue. It was an issue that was settled at the Supreme Court level. Now, that has finally been reversed, and rightfully so. Now, we have an opportunity. If we, if, if we can support, whether it be through dona- donations of, of monies, uh, th- whether it be through uh, donation of time, uh, or, or both of those two together, wh- whatever the case may be, we have an opportunity to be able to have an effect on how many little defenseless babies lose their lives because of abortion. And you may agree with that. You may disagree with that. I would love to hear from you on this. This is definitely one of those topics I would love to hear from you on and I would love to even have a discussion uh, about. And you can always do this at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications. 